you know, the country obviously is not as diverse as ours um, in terms of uh, racial and ethnicity, uh, the mix. But still, there is a, there is a there is a, there is a pride in there that I think we have, in many respects, lost. to another edition of the Ronin Leadership Podcast. Uh, this is Mike Howard. It's been actually a couple of weeks uh, since I was able to do a full-blown podcast. Um, my wife and I have uh, been traveling a lot lately. We uh, took a cruise to Japan, which actually is going to be the subject of this particular uh, podcast. And uh, then we just uh, we came home and then you know, about a week later, we just came back from uh, Trip to Boston, a long weekend trip to Boston. So, been very busy, but we're getting back into the routine now. Uh, we're trying to line up some some guests uh, that are be coming up very soon. Very interesting, I think. Uh, you'll enjoy the guests that we're going to have. A little bit different departure from uh, the normal leadership, um, normal leadership uh, topics that we have. You know, like the one I did. I think the last one I did was on my journey in martial arts. And I've gotten some good reviews on that and some good thumbs up from, from all of you. So um, gratified with that. And uh, uh, the also thing, the other, other exciting thing I really want to talk about is that I have finished uh, my, my second in the Jack Trench thriller series. It's called Blood Promise. Uh, it's gone through the editing stage now. Now we're looking at uh, the cover design, the interior design. So we are really hopeful we'll get that out to all of you for you to purchase uh, before Christmas. And so really looking forward to that. I'm already, uh, I already have one chapter done on, on a new one, the third in the, in the series, uh, which is called Omega Deception, which uh, is gonna be taking place in Europe. So a lot of good things are happening. Uh, I really appreciate all of you who have subscribed. We're at, I think right now, 1,157 subscribers to this uh, channel. So thank you very much. Continue to tell your friends and uh, family about this podcast. Continue to you know hit the uh, like button. If you like what you see, share these uh, videos with others so that they can come on board and, and subscribe as well and, uh, and tell them to hit the subscribe button. Uh, so with that, I guess we'll get started with uh, the trip to Japan. And so my wife is Japanese. I'm, you know, we did the 23andMe, and as it turns out, I'm, I'm more Japanese than I am black. Uh, but I've always had an affinity for everything uh, Japan, hence the martial arts and all the, the love of the culture and the food and, 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 and samurai and all that stuff. So uh, we had a great trip to Japan. It was a cruise. About 11 days, we had three days uh, in Tokyo, kind of a pre-cruise, and then went on the cruise. And not that it was a surprise, but it's very interesting from a cultural perspective, um, the difference between the Japanese culture and the culture we have here in the West, especially I could talk about the U.S. You know, the U.S. is still the, the greatest country in the world, in my opinion. Um, everybody wants to come here. That's why everybody wants to come here. Uh, we certainly have our challenges, but uh, I, I certainly believe we are the best country in the world. 
uh, the greatest uh, beacon of democracy that history has ever seen. We have our share of problems, like every country, but I wouldn't want to live in any other country uh, other than the United States. Um, however, there are things we can learn from other cultures, and I'm going to talk about the Japanese culture. One of the first things that uh, struck us was how clean everything is in Japan. Not just Tokyo, which is a big teeming city, right? It's one of the, in terms of uh, density of population, it's one of the biggest cities in the world. Uh, people kind of literally live on top of each other. There's a lot of apartments and condos um, because there's just so many people in, in, a, in a small area, relatively small area but how clean Japan is. And every city we went to, with big city or small towns, <clears throat> excuse me, they, uh, all, of, all of Japan is clean. That's not just because they have really great um, people that clean up the streets, um, but it's really due to the fact of, of their culture. They, I think they take pride in being clean, clean personally, uh, and also being clean in terms of their surroundings. You won't find cigarette butts or cans on the street or just trash everywhere, which you start, which you, you can find here in the US plenty, right? Um, there are no really major visible trash cans there. People keep their trash to themselves and take it home. And the trash cans that they do have are really tiny, right? But it was just amazing that in this big city, uh, and like Tokyo, and then all the other places we went to, it was very clean. The streets were clean, the buildings were clean, you didn't see graffiti. Um, the people uh, were obviously very well groomed, they were clean themselves. And then when we get back, we fly back and we get back to LAX, and immediately, you, you, know, you know you're in the US again, and maybe LAX is a bad, um, example because I don't I've never liked LAX anyway uh, I think it's a terrible airport but we get there and everything's dirty there's trash on on the sidewalks um, and inside inside the terminal is just it's just dirty right and so that's something we can learn as a culture is that you know we have this beautiful country we have these great cities we don't have to litter. We don't have to uh, make it so that it's an eyesore. And that really comes down to us people, right? Why, why are the Japanese people different than we are in that regard? Because they've been raised to respect their surroundings. Their culture teaches them to respect what's around them. That's a big part of Japanese culture is respect. Gets to another example. So we had a tour guide that was taking us around when we were doing the pre-tour, I think the, the three days in Tokyo. And one of the things that he told us was that when you go on a public transportation in Japan, whether it's a train, bullet train, or regular train, bus, whether you are, any of those modes of transportation, subways, whatever they call them there, you will never see Japanese people speaking on the phone. Their phones are turned to mute, and they won't be speaking on the phone. Now they might be texting and doing other things quietly. And the reason is because they don't want to disturb the neighbors around them. They consider other people's feelings first. 
and in terms of their ability to um, always think about if you're invading someone else's space, in this case with noise. Totally different than here in, 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 in the US, obviously. You get on a plane, you get on public transportation, everybody's yakking on the phone, even when it when you're like, especially if you're seated in an airplane before it takes off, somebody's always got to pick up the stupid phone, you know, and say, "Hey, yeah, hey, Herb, uh, yeah, regarding that contract, uh, yeah, just make sure that it's uh, you get it you get it over to me by tomorrow." I mean, like nobody wants to hear about Herb or your contract or anything, right? Loud voices, they don't know how to modulate their voice. We don't know how to modulate our voice here in the U.S. We we just got off a plane from Boston a few hours ago. The couple in front of us especially the gal, she had on her phone and like music was blaring at one point. I mean, she's completely oblivious. The fact that, you know, people can hear her, right? Or people are yakking on the phone. Uh, we were in the, we were in the lounge getting ready before we got on the plane and there was some woman on a, on a speakerphone, right? You don't have to be on a speakerphone while you eat, cause you, she's eating her breakfast, right? So she's gotta be on a speakerphone with nobody else wants to hear your conversation. I appreciated that about the Japanese culture that they, they think about what their actions are and how does it affect other people. And I think that's important. That's something that we don't do in this culture. We don't think about how our actions affect other people. Quite the contrary. I think we've become a more selfish country that way. It's really self-centered and it's about me, uh, think about me and not even, not even like with blinders, not even thinking about how your actions affect other people. Um, and I know with Janice especially, but with me, I think it's because we have those, uh, the Japanese roots that and we're cognizant of these types of things. You know, we're, we're cognizant of, of not chatting on the telephone um, in places we shouldn't be chatting because you can, you can text or you can speak softly. And I, I mean, we've seen recently someone was on the telephone. Oh, this is a good example on the way. To Boston, a uh, guy and a gal were sitting in front of us. They weren't together, but uh, I, we remember the the young young lady was telling uh, the, her fellow passenger, "Hey, look, uh, I have to make this quick call. I'm sorry, uh, but it won't take long. Do you mind? You know, kind of do you mind?" I thought, now that is that's classy, you know. And the guy said, "Yeah, no, no problem." And then when she did get on the phone, it was in a modulated tone. It was, you know, she wasn't like yakking. At, at her full tone, which most people do when they're on the phone in public. They just talk loudly. She knew enough, had enough man manners to just keep her voice quiet, right? But again, uh, somehow in this culture, we've gotten into the, where we feel like we can invade everyone's space through our, 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 our voice, you know, and our presence without even thinking about what does it affect you know, other people. Now, some, some of you may say, well, it doesn't really matter, but it does matter. It all goes to manners and culture and respect, which you have plenty of in Japan. And I think we could learn a lot uh, from folks like that. Another thing that struck us was uh, we were visiting Omega Boutique in Tokyo. I didn't buy anything, but we were up there just to take a look. We like to visit all the boutiques there because we're Omega watch fans. A young man, uh, you know, 
showed us around and took our picture. We asked him, could you take our picture? We didn't buy anything. Really nice guy. And as we were, um, so we went up there through this, there was a, this basic glass elevator. So it's kind of cool. You can see all around you as you're going up and down. And as we we're getting ready at the elevator, it was like maybe the third level, fourth level, something like that. We get in, doors open up, the guy bows. And he bows until he can't see us anymore. Now, I'm not expecting Americans to bow. That's definitely a Japanese tradition, Asian tradition. But it was a sign of respect. Probably because, you know, for your elders, but also as guests uh, of that particular boutique, um, it was a sign of respect. And it struck us, we remembered. We talked about it to other people on the trip and even and now here when we were home. And the, the guy was probably in his 20s, right? And I, 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 I think that's a, that's a really great thing. There are things that we have lost in this culture when it comes to respect. I see it all the time, especially when it comes to uh, men, okay? Men do not open doors for women uh, anymore like they used to, like the way we're taught, right? You see it all the time. Men will just open up the door and go right in front of, a, you know, Janice or other women. I noticed that if you're in an elevator, they don't hold the door for women. They just go right out. Uh, men wear hats everywhere, including in restaurants, which is to me stupid. You know, take your hat off when you go into a restaurant. Know how to dress when you're in, in public places, right? Um, and it's just, it's just something about our culture. We've become real slovenly, I think, as a culture, real sloppy as a, as, as a country. You know, I'm not saying everybody needs to wear a suit when you get on a plane. You need to look at the old movies. Uh, or, or old newsreels, you know, back in the 40s and 50s and probably part of the 60s at least, people dressed up when they went on an airline trip. You know, a lot of men wore suits or sports coats and women dressed up. And now you got dudes going on with shorts and flip-flops. Looked like they just rolled out of bed, you know. They might as well just come in their pajamas. Again, we've, we've lost uh, our sense of style. We've become too, too loose. Uh, with the way with the way we comport ourselves in public um, I, I think the other thing was in Japan there was this feeling that people were trying to help again not not everybody's perfect there you know there's not there's no place that's perfect there's no country that's perfect I'm sure they have their you know mean people as well or uh, grumpy people and all this other kind of stuff but well, I remember every time we got off the ship at any port, you usually go down, you go down the gangplank and um, you're being directed to um, like a, a terminal area where you go through. Sometimes you have to do the, the immigration thing um, and you have immigration people there. A lot of times, sometimes you don't. But as we were going through and you have to make your way, they, there's signage telling you where to get to the buses for your tour buses. But... There are always, there were like all kinds of people there directing you and, you know, and with a smile, directing you to where to go 
and you say, you know, arigato, thank you, or you nod to them, and they would say, thank you. You know, they all had a smile on their face. Even, even like the customs or the immigration people had smiles on their faces. And sometimes the passengers were the grumpy ones, right? Typical Americans, the grumpy, line's not going fast enough, or whatever the heck their malfunction for the day is. And you just, you know, you just saw the helpfulness of everybody. You know, you had all kinds of people directing you to buses and they were happy. And then as the buses pulled away, these people would wave at you like, have a good day or have a good tour, right? And you imagine that here, you may get some of it here, but usually it's just a, some grump that doesn't like their job. And, and you know, saying, oh, just go this way, it's that way. Or if you ask them a question, they act, they act like they're bothered, right? And I just, it amazed me the, the level of customer service um, and, and um, the pride in whatever job that they had uh, was, was phenomenal. And we saw it all throughout the country. Um, we, uh, conversely, we got back again on the LAX thing, get back to LAX. Uh, we have TSA Pre and we have Clear. And, um, you know, Clear, if those of you who don't know what Clear is, and most of you do, but besides TSA PreCheck, uh, Clear, if you sign up for Clear, um, they use your biometrics, either your fingerprints or your eyes. And once you, you know, there are these kiosks and they're, they're manned by people, Clear employees. You do your thing there, either the, your, your fingerprints or your, or your eyes. And then what they do is they lead you to the front of the TSA pre-check line because TSA pre-check, you know, 10 years ago or whatever it was, used to always be fast or hardly anybody in it. Nowadays, a lot of people sign up for it. And unfortunately, a lot of people who sign up for it still don't know what they're doing. Like they're, they're taking off their shoes or they don't know how to go through a pre-check line, which is different than going through the regular line. So they, they slow everything up. And so going through clear, it gives you, again, saves you more time because you get to the head of the line and then you get to go through. So we got back to LAX from Tokyo. We found the right terminal, found clear. Unlike what we experienced in Japan, there was this young lady could not have cared less about us. Barely said two words. There were four of us traveling. You know, it's just kind of, we showed up there and she kind of turned the machine on. She didn't say hi or welcome to clear or anything like that. We did our thing and she looked at us and then she led us up this escalator and walked us through to the end. Yeah, she did her job, but it, that's all it was, was a job. She wasn't happy and that was obvious. Totally different from what we experienced in Japan. And again, this is not a one-off. Um, yes, we, we have, you know, we find people in clear or other places that are very pleasant, but more and more you're finding people that aren't pleasant, that it's, they don't understand customer service. They have no interpersonal skills, you know, and it's just, it's amazing to me because it's still people. There's Japanese people, and there's Americans. And why can't we have that level of customer service uh, at large, as opposed to it being the uh, exception versus the rule, right? Uh, it's a cultural thing. You know, it, it's 
it's it's where on one culture in Japan you actually as I said earlier think about other people and think about their feelings and understand that your job it may be mundane but it's your job and you have pride in it and you're going to give it your best and you're going to make people feel good here it's very self-centered and that young woman has a job with benefits probably right and i don't know how much it pays but she has a job and there are other people that want jobs that can't find jobs or they've been let go so she should be thankful that she has a job and but uh, but she was just so nonchalant and when we got the survey from clear i put it down there i said she was a lousy representative of clear now whether that uh feedback gets to her or anybody else i don't know the the other thing i was reading an article the other day and it was about um you know maybe maybe a, a person like that has just having a bad day or found out that a relative is ill or they're ill or something and maybe they're just having a bad day so can't judge her just on that one interaction but i can tell you what we encountered uh that we didn't encounter in japan so again this 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 idea of be, taking pride and service and being happy and showing that you're happy one of the things that struck us as well as uh, several times as our ship was leaving a port uh, a couple things happened uh, you know at any if you've ever been on a cruise people will wave you know as as you're on the dock and getting ready to leave but this was different you had a whole lot of people that would be there waving goodbye and you'd wave bye to them from your balcony and they were really they were really thrilled that you were waving goodbye other times there was actually musicians playing traditional Japanese music. They had it all set up to kind of serenade you as you were as the as the ship was leaving the dock going out to the next port. And you know we we saw them practicing then starting to play. And again, it was it was it was it was really great to see. It was really great to see just ordinary Japanese people happy. uh that we came to visit because they were locked down for a long time and they're just starting to get back into the big time into the tourism business and i think they're really grateful that people like us are are there going there you know helping out their economy spending money seeing the sites taking pride in the sites and it was awesome um you're not going to find that i don't think a lot here uh, you may find it in spurts but you're not going to find uh, a lot of that type of goodwill here unfortunately um I think another another thing was how patient the Japanese people are. Very patient. We had one tour uh and the tours were uh typically you get on a bus and you go roll around for like 45 to minutes to an hour, get to a spot, you get to a shrine, temple, whatever you're going to see, you spend 40 minutes, 45 minutes if you're lucky an hour and then you get back on the bus. So it's one place it was you know it was a I think it was a big museum of some sort. A lot of people were there from different tour groups and just and locals as well. And we get there, our tour guide tells us that the person uh, with the tickets because you need you know, tickets are uh, will be meeting us there so we can all go through the line and just start the tour. Well, unfortunately the person with the tickets um was late. 
probably traffic or what have you, but was late. And then when she finally did arrive on the scene, she went to the wrong entrance or whatever it was. So she was even later. Well, you know, nobody likes standing around, but hey, it is what it is. You can't do anything about it. Well, we found out that we have some very impatient Americans on our ship, um, entitled, and they're older. You know, it was an older crowd, you know, um, maybe only 700 something passengers on the ship. So it, definitely an older crowd should know better. But uh, I guess having money doesn't always mean having class uh, or patience. And so I remember this one woman, and I used to see her a lot, like, and she complaining, and she went up to the to the to our tour guide and just basically was saying this is unsatisfactory. You know, we don't have that much time here. And then, uh, luckily, we had two men that we became friends with, um, and they actually bought our tour guide an iced coffee because it was a hot day, and they knew she was you know taking the brunt of you know criticism from some ungrateful passengers. And then when the other, when the woman with the ticket did show up, um, you know, she, she, she just saying, I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry. Gomenosai, uh, Gomenosai, I'm sorry in Japanese and, and bowing. And, you know, you know, we said, okay, it's okay. But there were other people that just looked at her and, you know, they were just glaring and, you know, these privileged Americans that had to wait for a little bit, you know, and, might have been good for them because some of them were overweight, so maybe they were able to shed some pounds in the hot sun out there while they're waiting. But the attitude of, I made a mistake, I'm sorry, and visibly bowing to us and saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, um, things happen, right? You'd see it on the ship. Uh, things weren't 100% to some individual, and they just... They were just brusque. You had some really, not everybody, most people were really good, I think, for the most part. But you have, you always have those people that think they're better than other people, that the people that are the, the waiters and the, the cleaning people and any staff are servants, as opposed to people who have a job to do and they're trying to do the best job they can. And they are. I mean, you, you're, they do everything but burp you on these kind of ships, right? But... You, you, again, the attitude of the Japanese people versus some of the ugly Americans, right? And we, again, we can we can learn a lesson about being more patient and and learning to just go with the flow. All of us can learn that, and the world does not revolve around us, even though some people think it they, it does. And so you know, we came back from this trip, and we were just uh, it was a great trip. Uh, actually, we took a, a one side trip. Uh, one, it was a tour to Busan, Korea. It's the only stop in Korea, and it was amazing. I've been to Korea many times, but it was a long time ago. I was in Seoul, and Seoul seemed to be a fairly clean city, uh, well organized city. But we went to Busan, and it was totally different. Like the people were not particularly friendly, and they bump into you. They don't care about your space. It was dirtier. It was a lot dirtier. It reminded us of home, you know, back here um, in the United States. And so it was a pleasure to get, actually get back to uh, get back to uh, Japan. Um, so, you know, it, when we got back, we just reflected on 
the trip, what a great trip it was, the wonderful people that we met, uh, both on the ship as well as um, in, in, in Japan itself, as we got to talk to uh, different people, got to meet people, just maybe just for a little bit, right? We had one tour guide that uh, on the way back to the ship was teaching us origami, you know, paper folding. It's just really, really great. And all the tour guides really took pride in, in describing their country, talking about their country. Uh, they all spoke English, some better than others, but they spoke a lot better than any of us spoke Japanese. And they were trying really hard, and they were, they, they took pride uh, in their in their in their job and talking about their country. And I, I think they do have a pride in their country. They do have a pride in their culture and their heritage. Now, you know, the country obviously is not as diverse as ours um, in terms of uh, racial and ethnicity, uh, the mix. But still, there is a, there is a there is a, there is a pride in there that I think we have, in many respects, lost. Not all of us. There's still enough of us I think that still believe in our country and have pride in our country. But you have a lot of people in this country that uh, don't take pride in America. They, they they take delight in talking about how bad everything is and how bad we are. And we've lost a lot in our culture and our and being proud of our country. And I think if you don't have pride in your country, then it doesn't matter if you litter. It doesn't matter if, if the cities are dirty. What do you care, right? Whereas when you take pride in a country, uh, you want to show the best face to visitors. And so you try to keep it clean. Uh, you take pride in your profession. You, 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 you make sure that you're well-groomed and you don't look slovenly. We never met, I didn't remember seeing one slovenly looking Japanese. Um, most of them were fairly slim and smaller. There were some, there were some, but very few fat Japanese, but they were all dressed. Now they didn't have to wear Louis Vuitton or anything, but they were dressed, they were dressed well. They were not sloppy, you know, and again, you don't have to be dressed to the nines all the time, but you should know how to dress and you should know how to comport yourself and you should have pride and respect in yourself as well as the fellow travelers on this earth that are on this journey with you. So yeah, we came back to the States and happy to be home uh, and happy to be back in our own house and seeing Kiku and all that. But it, it just paused, it gave us reflection, gave us a, a moment to reflect about Japan. Again, not perfect, the own country is perfect. Yes, I'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm an American and, and living in the United States. But we can learn lessons from uh, what, we, what we experienced in Japan and, and reinforce the fact that we, we can take uh, better care of ourselves and our surroundings. We can treat people with respect. And even if you're having a bad day, then fake it. Uh, but if you have a job to do, and that job is, is, is interfacing with people, customer service, then you better give good customer service because that's your job, right? Suck it up. Instead of this lackadaisical attitude and I don't care and you're a bother because you're, you're, you're bothering me even though this is your job to you know, provide a service. And you, you just get a lot of that nowadays. 
and it's you know kind of incenses me uh, because you try to treat people the way you want to be treated um and the the whole idea of respecting people's space um and thinking about it like the woman in front of us today on the plane playing her music loud you know uh whatever she was playing she turned it off eventually but it was like why would you even do that you know can't you can't you just dial down the volume and put it to your ear why does everybody else have to hear what you're listening to because they didn't care because they're entitled and and they weren't raised well obviously in my opinion because uh, if you're raised well you're raised to uh respect other people's spaces and and boundaries right you you, you just are and the other thing I noticed, and we didn't go to too many restaurants uh, there, but yeah, oh yeah, this was one. We, there was, we took plenty of videos and uh, pictures of school kids because in all the places we went to, there were all these school kids in uniforms. And they ranged from, you know, little kids elementary school to I think high school. Um, but they were in uniforms and they were all visiting the sites that we were visiting. Um, except for maybe one kid, one, in all the places we went to, nobody had a tablet, nobody had a phone, nobody was texting. They were uh, listening to their teachers. And yeah, there were kids, they were giggling and all that kind of stuff, but they were orderly, listening to their teachers, and they were uh, um, not doing social media. Now, conversely, you come here, and I dare say you're not going to find that in most schools. Like everybody's on the phone, everybody has social media, um, and again, there's a time and place for. So I like social media. Obviously, I'm on social media a lot. I'm a big fan of it, but it has its place. And with kids, especially, I think you have to you have to temper uh, their social media. But I we 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 observed that it was very interesting. Uh, it was very interesting to see. And the other thing is, and that's, this was actually this weekend in Boston, so it had nothing to do with Japan, but it was, a, it was an Asian family. We were at a restaurant um, in Sudbury, Massachusetts, uh, Bullfinches. It's been there forever. It's a pretty real famous place for the locals there. And there was a family, Asian family, finishing up their meal as we were starting to sit down. And, and I noticed they were... Uh, they were roughly the same age as our grandkids. But I remember looking over there several times, they didn't have tablets or phones. Uh, their parents, they were engaging with their parents. Uh, one little kid had kind of a little, maybe a little puzzle-like thing that they might have, this younger one was playing with on occasion, but they were also, they were being taught to sit, to eat, to engage, and not be looking at uh, a silly laptop or a tablet or something like that, but to actually eat and talk uh, and engage and be social. And I think that's lost on a lot of the kids that, uh, today. Um, we didn't have tablets, obviously, when I was growing up, but it would be the same thing. I was not going to be able to bring a comic book, which I love comics, right? Comic book, superhero comics, into a restaurant and, and read it while you know, we're waiting for dinner. No, 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 no. That was not going to happen. And so it's kind of the same thing. And you, and again, you see in Japan, uh, it's the same way. You don't find kids with tablets, you know, in restaurants. 
they're, they're being taught. And I think the socialization of these kids at a young age to respect authority, to honor their country, to respect the boundaries between people so that you're not encroaching in their space, to be polite, uh, to be thankful, uh, to have pride in, in whatever work you do, pride in your school, pride in your work, you know, all these kinds of things eventually ends up towards an adult that, that thinks that way. And I think we need to kind of get back to that in the U.S. where we learn respect. Uh, we learn what it is to treat other people with respect. And we learn uh, to about boundaries and how we may be doing something that could be affecting somebody else, right? You know, if, if you're talking too loudly on a telephone and you're in the next seat over in a plane, you know, maybe nobody wants to hear your conversation, but you don't care. Well, that all, where does that come from, right? That comes from, to me, some kind of somewhere along the way upbringing that didn't teach you that. And you see that, unfortunately, with a lot of younger folks that have not been taught that. And they haven't been taught a whole lot of things about social niceties and, and gracefulness and politeness. Not all, some, there are some, right? So it's not blanket, but we could be better at it as a country. So as you are listening to this and you think about yourself, you know, think about how you can um, maybe look at the world a little bit differently. And as you go out to restaurants, as you go out to public transportation, like airplanes or whatever you're doing, maybe you can be cognizant of what's going on around you. I would never, and oh, this is another thing. And again, this is where it kind of doesn't matter about age. We were coming back, we, were, we finished the, the trip, we were at Tokyo airport in the lounge. We had a long layover and we're waiting to, uh, we're waiting to um, um, you know, get on the plane, obviously. And we see some people that were from our ship we didn't really know them, but we knew they were from our ship. And they were sitting kind of in the corner. One guy, throughout the whole time, he's got his telephone out there and he's watching some TV show or something. But he's got the volume cranked up, like we can all hear, right? And we kind of looked at him and made comments. He's, dude, the dude is totally oblivious. And, you know, I'd say that guy's probably in his 50s, maybe early 60s, I don't know. And at one point, his wife, who was oblivious too, she, she kind of looked at us and then looked at him and kind of told him to turn it down. But again, this is not a kid. This is not some 15-year-old, 14-year-old kid. This is a grown man, a grown-ass man, as they say, who should know better. So how does, how does this man get that way? So I think there are two things that happen. There's the one I just talked about where you're raised well uh, by parents who and teachers and clergy and everybody else, whoever the influential people in your life are as you're growing up, they're teaching you things about respect and thinking about other people's feelings as you're about to do something that leads you, hopefully, as an adult to think about these things. The other part of it is maybe this person at some point in time acted like that, but I get the feeling that because they've reached a certain stature um, and a certain, you know, income level, 
it doesn't matter. You know, I'm privileged. I can just do this thing. I don't really care if it bothers people. Or he didn't. He didn't even think about other people. We would have never done that. We would have been ashamed to have crank it up, you know, um, and have other people be disturbed. So, and so it was really, it's very interesting. It's again, it's again, it's something we as a culture here in the U.S. can learn from, right? Uh, stop being the ugly American. Uh, have some pride and respect in yourself and your fellow citizens that are traveling this world with you. Be cognizant of your actions. Um, try to comport yourself in a way uh, that says, hey, uh, classy person there, right? Because... They know how to act. They know how to behave in public. And for you young uh, men out there, and even some older men too, uh, it's okay to wear a baseball cap, wear it forward, backward, whatever you want. When you go to a restaurant, take the damn thing off. You know, it's a simple lesson. It's just something that you do. Uh, I don't. I wear caps on occasion, not much. Uh, but yeah, people should know how to do that, or even how to dress, right? And uh, I don't know, we just lost a lot in this country when it comes to, I don't know, grooming, cleanliness, um, uh, caring about other people's feelings. Uh, we become a more self-centered uh, country, uh, more slovenly country in, in many, many ways. And I think it shows, it shows in our, in our cities, a lot of our cities look like crap, you know, and a lot of our people can't, don't know how to dress, uh, have never been taught. They don't know how to act in restaurants. They don't know how to act in, in airplanes, they, you know, and it's just, it becomes tiring after a while. So what can we do about it? It's kind of hard to hit the reset. Uh, it, it is what it is in this culture, but individually, you can do it. Individually, you can try to make a bit of a difference by uh, making sure that if you have kids, for instance, that you're raising them the right way, that you're training them about respect and how to act in public and what to do and what not to do. That would be a great thing. And you can model it yourself um, if, you, uh, if, if you really have that inclination, which I believe you should. So, that's it. That's all I have for uh, this edition of the Ronan Leadership Podcast. It was it had really nothing to do with leadership uh, per se, but it does go to um, real leaders know how to act uh, and know how to treat their fellow human beings when it comes to uh, these public interactions. Real leaders take pride in their work. Real leaders have very good customer service ethic and public facing uh, skills. They know how to deal with people. Uh, they, they are cognizant. They have that emotional intelligence. They have that co they're cognizant of how their actions may affect other people, maybe in a negative way or bothering them. You know, they have that consciousness about them. Real leaders have that. And so these are lessons that we can, we can all I think we can all learn, and I think we can be a better society uh, for it. Uh, we're, we are now, uh, we're kind of in the midst of getting ready to ramp up for the new year, trying to line up guests, and we'll, you know, we'll have, I think we'll have at least one uh, or two other guests 
uh, before the end of the year. One of them I'm really looking forward to more of a panel uh, discussion with some folks, but I'll more on that later. But again, thank you very much for listening to the podcast and continue to hit the like button, share these podcasts with other people. Again, we're the last count, 1,157 subscribers. So we're continuing to move up the, the subscribership, which is great. Um, and uh, please tell your friends about it, have them subscribe. Anything you want me to talk about, uh, uh, please send me suggestions. I'd love to hear it. So until the next time, remember, have some uh, respect for yourself, have respect for your fellow man or woman. Think about your actions before you do them. And we'll see you on the next Rolling Leadership Podcast.